Hey, what's up? This is Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram as well as B Batman TAS Figs on YouTube. And I wanted to talk to you guys about Soap Studios figures because they have a brand new premium cloth goods, tons of accessories to work, Joker figure, bank robber version, Heath Ledger from the Dark Knight film. I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. And it is available now for pre-order. You can find that at Big Bad Toy Store. Or you could just check out Soap Studios on Instagram. Or you could check out my review on my YouTube page. Again, that's Batman TAS Figs. And if you want to see pictures of it, I have a lot over on my Instagram, Batman Figs. I'm telling you, these are very nice figures, especially this Joker figure. Um, it's on a Mezco-style soft goods, if you've ever seen Mezco. So... I definitely would jump on this figure while you can. Go pre-order it. You won't regret it. Soap Studios. Get them while they're hot. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of DC figures and collectibles as of right now it is our time of recording it is july 8th 2019 i'm tyler g of batman figs on instagram as well as batman tas figs on youtube and i am joined by my very talented co-host that's coming all the way from stoke on trent england he is scott p of at the dot bat fan scott how you doing good evening Hello, and yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, thanks, Tyler. How are you after the big 3-0? Man, I've had, a, I've had a great July 4th slash birthday weekend. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess I had that all wrapped into one. That must be pretty insane. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff going on, a lot of cool media stuff dropping too. So yes. hopefully everyone had a very fun and safe holiday slash Spider-Man, whatever, you, or Stranger Things, if you're watching it abroad and you don't celebrate the 4th, hopefully you had a fun weekend. Yes, absolutely. And similarly, uh, has some great figures, one in particular, um, well, in fact, no, actually two in particular, I'm desperate to ask you about. So oh. fly, fly straight in, and that Spider-Man stealth shot you did, that you ah. birthday, right? Yes, that was um for, on my actual day of, the birthday when we in between episodes of watching stranger things we decided we'd mix it up and go watch spider-man and my sister was stuck in traffic from coming up from san diego so we had an extra ticket and i invited my cousin who is at venomous and he does a lot of star wars art and he was available luckily and so he came and joined and after the next day he wanted to take me to go toy hunting uh, as we did before, he had a kid, so because he's a lot more busy now, as you can understand. Yeah. So he had a day where he's like, "Let's just go hunting. Let's try to find a uh, find you like some Spider-Man fig from the movie." And so we went to everywhere, Barnes and Noble, even Five Below, just looking at everything that was available, or if there was anything that we might be surprised. And uh, luckily, on our second to last stop, we found a comic shop that had the whole Spider-Man wave, except for they didn't have Mysterio because I would have probably got him because he looked how, awesome. How appropriate. <laughs> and so he was missing, uh, maybe a mere trick. I don't know. But <laughs> we found the black version of the suit and that was actually a really cool part of this, the film and a lot of cool visuals as well. So I was like, I, I, I'll go over that one, over the original suit. So I like this one. Yes. Now, I mean, that uh, can almost exclusively reveal that I've actually seen the Spider-Man movie as well. Yeah, so we can actually talk about it. It's pretty, it's pretty good, isn't it? It's not bad. Yeah, I would have to say, uh, usually I'm not a big fan of the style of Marvel humor, and a lot of times the jokes are more cheesy or they just don't land for me. But I would say most of the jokes in this were pretty funny. It wasn't too bad, was it? It's more appropriate with Spider-Man. I mean, it, it, it with children, yeah. <laughs> I think it was a fairly hollow story, but it was a good. Uh, it was a good movie, and the the suits in that movie were fantastic. I love this new Tom Holland Spider suit, especially the stealth one. It looks sick. Yeah, it was. I, I liked, uh, especially my favorite scenes, and because of the, of course, it reminds me of scenes from Arkham games, and 
scenes from Batman the Animated Series, I love seeing Mysterio's illusions. Yeah, and Mysterio was really cool. His origin story with Tony Stark, where it's just, they're just desperate to add that idiot in there, <laughs> in there somehow, aren't they? But um, Mysterio was a pretty cool character, wasn't he? I loved the sort of optical illusions he makes. And that scene with all the mirrors and everything, that was amazing. Yeah, especially as uh, Jake Gyllenhaal did a good job acting, how he would be going from being dramatic and performing in front of people to be like, okay, guys, that was great. I like this. That was... Yeah, definitely. Uh, but the one thing I didn't like, and you kind of already mentioned it, is like, okay, how many times are they going to shoehorn in and just remind you about Iron Man? Yeah. I did not like that. So I enjoyed his part in the last movie, but Spider-Man, he just, I don't like that they tried to make him like his apprentice overall, but I, it's they've already gone too far. So overall, I liked the movie, though. Yeah, I think well, they're trying to make Iron Man look more powerful in this, and I'm sorry, but Spider-Man. Nice. Yeah, Spider-Man's always kick, been the more popular character. Kick his rusty bus. <laughs> it's like Spider-Man's always been the Batman of Marvel, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In terms of popularity. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, well, it's good. good and some of your shots this week, I've got to say, um, they've been incredible. Another um, new figure that you've got, you recently put up today, is the Soap Studio Joke and I'll Oh my god, I was so pumped to see this Joker figure whenever you got it and you got a shot very quick at that. It's such a great figure. Oh yeah. Well that was a that was the actually speaking of great birthdays, that's the first thing I woke up to looking at uh, my phone in the morning was I saw an email from Soap Studios. Oh, that's awesome. And my connection over there, she said, uh, we're sending you a figure right now. Here's the uh, the code or the tracking number. And it, I was I was looking even during my birthday party. I was like, is it here? Is it here? Just so pumped to get it, and I got it around ten this morning. And amazing figure! It is an amazing figure by far, passes any other figure they've made. Even the Reverse Flash, which that that was pretty tough because that was a good looking figure. But mm-hmm. this figure, it comes with a. First of all, it comes with a duffel bag that actually works. It has two zippers that zip up, and you could store the three grenades and three tear, gra- tear gas canisters that he comes with. He also comes with a billfold, just a stack of hundreds. He comes with a, I think it's a semi-automatic handgun that he uses in the movie. And then he comes with his mask, which is a homage to the 1966 Joker. And he comes with the unmasked version. So you can see his Joker face. And man, all the, the, seeing the Joker face, it just makes me wish that they would hurry up and make a, a regular version of Heath Ledger because they killed it on his face. And I can't wait to show some portraits of that. Yeah, Especially, definitely. I can say I'm looking forward to seeing those pictures. Yeah. And the, then he also comes with, of course, a mask to, that he could remove. And uh, total, he comes with eight hands. And nice, yeah, you, you can't can't uh knock them for not putting accessories in this one because they absolutely killed it. And I believe they used a different technology this time, uh, to do the face paint, and it definitely is a lot more sharp and bolder. So it is, I'm looking forward to sharing, and I'm also looking forward to not only hearing what you think, Scott, but looking forward to people's reaction in general. Well, definitely, and I think even just from the um initial promo- like promotional shots you could tell something was very um, sort of upgraded about that figure and, and not only in the figure itself but also in some of the stuff it comes with because you get like a backdrop with it don't you oh yeah you, you do and I, I definitely will be using that and showcasing it because it is actually a very, a very nice backdrop and it, not only for display but for people that you know are like us and love taking toy photography shots so you already got a dial put in there with you mm. yeah absolutely no it, it looks an amazing amazing thing yeah it's uh it's gonna be a fun one to shoot i hope people don't get tired of it <laughs> oh I, I highly doubt it but yeah i'm very happy with it it's and again big thank you to soap studios and if you guys you guys need to follow them check them out because they are doing some awesome work and they continue to not only uh take people's criticisms from the early works and reviews but actually take them to heart and use it to fix the 
fix the things that they need to work on and they're producing figures that you could already see are improving. So yeah, that's the kind of relationship you want with a toy company. Yeah, exactly. You know, constructive feedback that's taken constructively, not uh, just completely ignored or waved off, which is fantastic. Or in anger. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's the main thing, you know, absolutely is. But yeah, uh, I would have to say that I'm very, very happy with watching you get you and uh, Lewis do your weekend theme. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was good fun. Really was. A lot of fun. You had a, for those who don't know, they did a two-parter of, I believe, Heroes was the first weekend, and then this weekend was Villain. Yes, all about the villains, this one. Um, Yeah, great fun. And and we um, sort of featured figures that we haven't really ever featured or, or rarely do, so... Lewis's Black Adam shot was fantastic. Heck yeah. Although I called him out for cheating a little bit with that Shazam figure in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, got a Deathstroke that was featured on his page as well. And then I love the, the villain team up shot that he did with the white background. That was a beautiful shot. Oh, yeah. I liked his. He had two, he had the good, the heroes and the bad. I loved it. Yeah, fantastic. But. Not to be outdone, you had some great shots as well. And oh, thanks. first of all, I'd love just the way everything looks as uh, in the backdrop with the TVs. But then you just did a great job of a very nice and tight, clean, crisp shot of the beautiful Joker figure and Harley Quinn from the DC Icons line. And uh, it's just those figures that even though they're years old now, they still just ph- photographed so well and you did a fantastic setup here thank you thank you yeah that's that's kind and um that was um that picture was kind of how do i call it a spur of the moment sort of thing because i hadn't so we're talking now where are we we're like thursday i think we're on thursday night Fr- theme starts friday night and i'm like okay i need to get a shot I need to get at least one picture for tomorrow because i mapped out the other pictures and I was waiting for the Superboy and Damian Wayne Robin set to arrive, which was coming on Saturday morning. So yeah, I had to kind of uh, wait around a little bit for that. But on Wednesday night, sorry, Thursday night, I was like, right, I need to get a shot ready for tomorrow. So I just put up the asylum set. Um, and then I had them just as a picture coming through a door in the asylum, and it, it looks pretty crap. So I just shoved the TVs behind it and thought maybe that'll work. Tried to get the lighting right. It took a while, but um, yeah, it was good fun, and um, yeah, I just love experimenting with new sort of setups. I hadn't ever used the Arkham Asylum diorama in that way, so just put um, I put a roof on it, which you can't really see, but it's just the floor panel from that set. I just used it as a roof. You can kind of tell. You can kind of tell you have yeah. a roof. Yeah, yeah, because I, I it also blocked out the light, which made the TVs look more vibrant as well. So yeah, the TVs look. That's what you can kind of like. It's hard to tell they're not real TVs at first. Like, oh, yeah, it's a toy shop. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the TVs are weird because if you shine even 1% light on them, that's it. It completely blocks out the pictures on the background. So had to you have to get the lighting just so on it that um, it won't sort of reflect back, which is annoying because obviously you've got to get some kind of front light for the figures to be lit up. So yeah. just, put, just put a little iPod on the floor in front of them. Um, just to light the figures up, and of course, because the light is pushing upwards, it doesn't affect the TVs in any way. I also just love the amount of depth to the shot too. Thank you. Yeah, it it doesn't it it probably doesn't look like it, but it is quite. I mean, you'll know the the length and depth yeah. of the room sets. So it actually looks like the room from the game too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's kind of yeah, good. Uh, Really good fun setting that one up. And you used a lot of extreme sets actually this weekend. Three out of the five extreme sets. The other one that I really like, especially just because the way you set it up with the extreme sets, and it looks so much like a little alleyway, is the the Super Sons with Lex (laughs) and Joker and Harley meeting up. Thank you. Yeah, it didn't quite come out as I wanted it, but it was okay. What? It looks great. 
Thanks. Yeah. No. It, it, is that I wanted it to be a little bit more narrow and, um, but yeah, no, it, it it was okay. And I love the Superboy or Super Sunset, Superboy and Damian Wayne. It's just so good. That that Robin is just sensational. Isn't it amazing how much detail detail they could get on such a little figure? Oh, it's so true. It is, and the articulation is just fantastic as well. Just be careful with those ankles. Do you know, the ankles really are extremely difficult. Scary. To, I'm, I'm going to have to heat them up, I think, in, in some water or something. Yeah, be wary. Because they are extremely fragile. And then another cool setup that we haven't really seen, but I really like the way you uh, you did it with Doomsday. Is um, the way you, you had him chained up and... Looks like he's being held in a stasis compartment or something like that with Superman, Batman. You could see, I didn't know you had, and I think I, I'm, I'm right. Is that Static Shock in the back? It is, yeah. Wow. I love it. And you got, of course, Damien, Robin, and then Mr. Miracle. And the thing I most like about the shot, not that you're able to get so many cool figures in and still have that much amount of depth to it, but the way you have doomsday chained up it just shows how much of a monster and animal he really is yeah right. oh, i love it use the chains from a mask of superman because you can pose them easily oh i see that's something i never knew yeah because they're like wired um so you can pose them like, let's just put them around his wrists and stud them up and um yeah i just added a little smoke effects of doomsday um, yeah with the VFX app and then let the mother, bo- mother box up with it as well. I really wanted to do that scene with um, Injustice League Unlimited when they say they are going to send him off to another planet. So I've kind of adapted that, but used the mother box instead of the um, Phantom Zone projector. <laughs> it works in my brain. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it just threw in a few other different characters for a change. Um, yeah, a, a good fun. I don't think I've ever taken a picture of Static before, or if I have, I can't remember. I can't remember. So it's yeah, cool to see him peeking back there. Yeah, Seeing a little bit behind the curtain of your collection. <laughs> Lewis laughed at me for using Damian Wayne in the in the watchtower just to forget to get him in there. I was like, yeah, he's he's gonna be in the shot somehow. But if I got him and he, I was pumped with how good he looks, of course I'd be using him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's gotta go in there somehow. And I gotta say, I I'd be a fool to not talk about one of your latest posts that you did. Just nine hours ago, to be exact. <laughs> and it is a Justice League DC Animated Universe style watchtower shot where it is packed to the gills with heroes. And they're all in the proper form. It looks They all look great together. But not only that, you're literally telling a story with each group of uh, heroes that you go to. It's like a their own little vignette set up in their, the larger scale of things. And you did a really cool behind-the-scenes video if you slide on the post. And you, you, it's just an absolute treat where if you're a fan of the show, every little thing that he goes to in the camera is a nice little nod to a reference of an episode. How long did that take to set up? Um, <laughs> probably close to... I, I want to say nearly an hour, maybe. Um, the problem I, I, it was is the floor was uneven for so long, so I couldn't. And one thing fell over. I, th- I think it was Martian Valentin. He fell over and he knocked everybody over. So um, it was because Martian Valentin. No, it might have been Etrigan actually, because he's there right in the middle of the split between the two um, bases. So um, yeah, they were the troublesome ones there, but. Uh, no, eventually managed to get them to all balance and um, Creeper was a pain as well to fit him into the shot. It took ages trying to just angle him in there somehow. Because um, uh, Creeper's just so, his cape's so huge. Yeah. Um, they, I, that, I had to do a shot like that. I had to fit them all in. I, I wasn't going to put Creeper, Zatanna, and I think it was Question. I wasn't going to put them in, but I was like, no, I, if I'm going to do a shot i'll be true to it make sure all the leaguers are in there that have been made so far i'm glad you did because that's one of my favorite parts is when you first zoomed in on that and you saw he has this like perfectly done file or it's like that is just so him and 
even though it's not uh, technically from it's not a Timverse design, it actually fits in magnificently with all of the figures. Yeah, that, that question figure is honestly so cool. He, he's got to be in the favorite figures for the just how cool he is. He's just so cool. And then my other favorite is that even though it is years old now at this point, it still looks just as brilliant standing amongst all the newer newer versions of uh, the Justice League that have been released in the past year. And as the Etrigan figure. Oh, Etrigan's amazing. I mean, Etrigan's a big figure. If you look at him compared to Martian Manhunter, it just gives you an idea of how big Martian Manhunter is. Yeah. He's huge, Martian Manhunter. He's a fantastic figure. But Etrigan, yeah, as you rightfully say, he's, uh, he is one hell of a figure. Really is. The sculpt and the, the cape is just so huge. It's fantastic. Yep. Well, then what I really like is at the very heart of the picture is Green Lantern giving a rose to Hawker. <laughs> yeah, I have to sneak that in. So it's, a, it's a fun picture. You guys definitely have to check it out if you haven't yet. Nice one. Thank you, Tyler. That's kind. Yeah, it was good fun, that one. Really enjoyed setting up pictures like that. It, um, it really is good fun. But, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been nice to finally do another Watchtower shot, even though people think it's Teletron. It isn't. Yeah, I, I still I saw a few people still say, like, Transformers in disguise and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, as, as usual. Uh, I, I don't mind it when people like, genuinely have a joke, but uh, it's when people get all really personal about it. Just like, oh, it's bore off. Yeah, like you ruin their childhood. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not proper. Yeah, absolutely. But we talked a little bit about uh, the Spider-Man movie, Far From Home. Did they show the trailer before the movie that I think we want to talk about a little bit? Before that, you saw it. Mm, no, you didn't see a Joker trailer. I didn't. No. Ah. Okay. I they showed a Joker trailer before the showing of uh, the one I went to, and I was I was really pumped up because it was an IMAX, and man, they played that, and I from that instant I was like, okay, I'm more ready to see the Joker than Spider Man right now. I I was. I just think it looks magnificent. And I was really excited because of all the people there, only my dad was the one cheering after the trailer played. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, that's my dad. And then, <laughs> but man, how it just I I even after seeing that, I'm I'm just I'm already and I'm set for that movie. What have you what are you, have any thoughts changed for you? No, I'm looking forward to seeing it and um very excited to see what happens with uh, the story and the ending as well. I'm really intrigued to see where they go with it. If he does a good job, they can't just stick into one movie. Really, because people would revolt. Yeah, really, really um, intrigued to see where they go with it. You know, what kind of story we're going to see. It'll be an- intriguing if Joaquin wants to do a second one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. is he such a? a high-class actor who knows if he's want to do a sequel. Mm. But, yeah, I, after seeing it again, I'm pumped. And, again, I recommend anyone that is ready to see that movie and wants to get any idea of what it might be like or what kind of feel, you need to see King of Comedy. Mm. It's a great movie. There's not even an ounce of profanity in it, even though it's directed by Martin Scorsese. So, I, again, I recommend that. And then... Uh, we got a another big thing. I don't know if you watch this at all, but the whole world basically watches it. So I wanted to see if you watch it. Do you watch Stranger Things? I don't. I don't. No, I don't watch Not it. Not one episode no. ever. No, I've never seen it at all. <sighs> does, that mean I've, does that mean I'm living under a rock? No, I just think that you... Or a bat cave. No, it just means you, you do different things with your time and <laughs> we get to benefit from it because of the great pictures. But I have to just touch on it a little bit because, man, if you are a Stranger Things fan and you got cooked, went and just binged it all through this last weekend, it is fantastic. I loved it. I, I don't even know if I want a fourth season, if they do one. Who knows? Because, yeah, there's 
we no one knows, so there's no spoiler alert there. Uh, but yeah, I was I loved everything about it because uh, I'm just saying because I got a few people asking what I thought about it. And I said I would mention it on the show. Yeah, one of my favorite character duos was Robin and uh, Steve. Really like them. Got asked about them, and <laughs> of course, I just uh, the action. I don't really. The action was all okay, and the uh, I don't really the effects were good. They're passable. You can tell it was CGI, but I thought the people acted well against it, and I really just like the stories and the character development more than anything because nowadays, usually in movies, it's just all action and no character development at all. Oh, sorry, story. Call it. Sorry. I just cut off. It cut off for some reason. I went silent for no reason. How long? Not long. Yeah, hopefully. Literally about two seconds. Oh, okay. Whew. That would have been bad. Yeah, but if you haven't seen Stranger Things yet, you're going to enjoy it. I just don't want to accidentally spoil it. Spoil it. It's only been out for one weekend, so so I had to rush out and get a figure from that show just because I was pumped. I was feeling it. I had the hype. But other than that, uh, not too many other things coming out. I think there's a little thing coming out called Comic Con. Yeah, the small matter of Comic Con. <laughs> uh, are you are you still pumped for it? Looking forward to it very much so. Um, purely for the figures we're going to see, to be honest. And um, I hope we so have really some releases. I don't. I don't this like, talking of new releases. I'm seriously angry about the um, new DC collectibles and GameStop team up that seems to be uh, with the. Yeah. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman movie animated figures that are coming out, supposedly. Um, if they make those GameStop exclusives, then they are the stupidest company that has ever existed in the world. Well, especially because GameStop is about to go bankrupt and their stock's plummeting. And it's just, I'm sick of these US exclusives. I'm absolutely sick of it. Really, well, especially because you went through a lot of trouble to get the DC Universe figures because of how much you love the show, and you gave up a lot in order to get them. And you were already talking about for months now that you were looking forward to some DC collectible style TMNT Batman figures, and now they're yeah. doing that. Now, yeah, they're putting them on as, a, as an exclusive. It's an absolute joke, honestly. I mean, I'm happy they're putting the marquee out to sort of like uh, Big Bad Toy Store and places like that but what on earth are they playing at making exclusives again like they're not learning the lesson from the just league figures that they still haven't sold out of despite the fact they're insanely brilliant figures i, I don't understand their thing but um that's dc collectibles they we love to uh to hate them but we hate to love them as well so yeah and the other thing is i wouldn't even known anything about but the GameStop exclusive or these figures being released, if it wasn't for, I saw a figure fan, Nate, and his story post about them. Yeah. Because he heard from someone, and you think they're, maybe it was leaked ahead of San Diego Comic Con, but you think they'd be better at advertising this stuff. Yeah, it, it it's so poor. It's so poor. It really is. But uh, they probably they, didn't want people rioting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they look fantastic figures, but it's just baffling as to why they've made them exclusives. Um, I don't understand it at all. I, I, yeah, and we've had multiple people that are, from, are international guests from all over the world, and they too, some of the biggest Bat fans we've talked to, are some of the biggest Bat fans you'll meet, and they would love to buy these figures, but they can't. Yeah. They want to support DC, and DC is like, yeah, we'll stick to. Hopefully, people will buy them here. But yeah, I don't get it. Shipping's not that much crazier. <laughs> Absolutely baffling. It is honestly. They they look like such great figures as well. They really do. Yeah, especially since they've been upgrading the double knees and all that. Yeah. Absolutely gutted if we can't get those in the uh, in the UK or Europe or anywhere else. Other than America, it would be such a, a wasted opportunity. And um, but then again, that's what they do. So I, I suppose it it isn't a surprise now. Nope, can't say that they surprise us anymore. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But then, uh, 
anything else on Comic-Con? Anything you're hoping to see? No, I mean, I hope to see some great figures and hope to see Keaton 89 Batman. That's that's pretty much it, to be honest. How about you? I'm with you. I want some kind of news on a, on some kind of pre-order on that 89 Mezco, and I want it quick. Yes. It would be nice if we saw something that a lot of people would never expect, and that's for some company to pony up the, the rights for Jack Nicholson's uh, oh, yes, yes. face and put it on a figure so that we could pay. I'd pay double. I think it's people. So I want to see, hopefully, we see something other than just turtle figures from DC Collectibles. I mean, the turtle figures are nice, but it'd be cool to see, like you, like you talked about, last time uh is there any going to be a release date for pre-orders for the last things that we saw like what's going yeah. on with that? was talking so, about this with uh, kevin from at rente customs and uh yeah we he was wondering if he reckons that dc have lost the animated license and mcfarlane are getting them which is why they've had to like sort of go into this new line of of um things oh that haven't been made which is which is um not a bad theory, to be fair, but who knows what's going to happen? I hope, uh, hope we see some uh, some new figures from DC Collectibles, not more of the same. I mean, I reckon they'll just now release these GameStop figures at Comic Con and then say, "Oh, look at this, we're doing," and then you know that'll happen or something like that, and it'll gloss over the sort of cracks forming in their animated universe. Okay, well, since you brought it up. And you said it might be possible for the McFarland shot. What did you think? What do you you think that you from what you've seen from McFarland toys so far? Well, I've only got one figure which, from them, which is the wild card figure from Fortnite, and I really like that figure. But um, generally speaking, don't like the scale; they're too big, um, bit clunky, bit cheap, um, <laughs> and just generally like detail and they don't I don't know they don't really they don't really do anything I, do you know when a, a figure you get excited for them and you think oh this is a great figure even if it's a multiverse figure or a cheap figure they, they don't really do anything for them they don't ignite a fire or anything like that what do you reckon? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I bring it up because I too recently got my first McFarlane toy and it is the figure from Stranger Things it's the Hopper figure and I, after seeing the Eleven's face, this one looked a lot better because I didn't like how they did her face. It just looked very... Well, that picture looked terrible you sent me, yeah. Yeah, they're just detailless. It was just very bland. This figure, um, upon opening it, it, I did have the same feeling, like what you said. It's very kind of lackluster. And even though it came with a few accessories, like a gun, a bottle of alcohol, and a radio, and an extra hand, yeah. It's still kind of like, okay, you can't really move too much. Not too many are places of articulation. The plastic on the head is kind of soft, so I feel like you could maybe get nicked or lose paint easily. Um, not much articulation in the – well, I don't know, just for the figure and, like, the gut area and waist. Yeah. Or legs. So, yeah, like you said – but then uh, I got it behind – a camera with some different light and it, it looks better but it's like uh, with the extreme sets kind of like what you talked about where you got it and you're kind of like oh this is it but then you kind of li- get the lights on it and yeah put it on the camera and, you, and you could get it to look pretty good but i think that there should be um uh what's it called a street value like if you're buying a house and you you like if you saw it on the shelf it has to you have to want to buy it. And I think a lot of people, unless they saw the show or unless they're just extreme fans of Batman and DC, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, what are these things? These look horrendous. Or <laughs> I mean, The good thing like is they have, got, they have got articulation going for them. They've got great articulation, which is fantastic. Well, but, on the one you have for sure. Yeah. I, I just hope, um, you know, they, they find out some details. I mean, I'm sure they will. They've got plenty of time to do it, but uh, yeah, I'm still looking forward to them taking over the line from Mattel, but at the same time, we'll see what happens, you know, the one, see what they do. 
the thing I do like is that they had those figures on the shelf at least a week before the show was airing. So you can't fault them for not distributing and getting them out. True. That, that is a great point, actually, yeah. I mean, if they can improve on distribution from Massa, which, let's face it, will be hard. So, um, that'll be uh, a really, really big bonus. And they're obviously getting these figures available to the UK, which is fantastic. And all over Europe is getting them, which is awesome. So, yeah, hopefully that'll be a definite improvement because Matt are just so stingy with who they give out to. No, for sure. <laughs> um, well, moving on from that. What? It's possible to find multiverse over here. I still can't find anything here. I think you have to be ordered and... Yeah, other than that, you're out of luck hunting. Absolutely impossible. But uh, other than that, there, there's this one thing in the toy community we, want, we wanted to touch on and talk about because it brings up a bunch of different questions and mm-hmm. possibly good, possibly bad. Who knows? But I had someone reach out to me through DMs. I'm not going to say their name, of course, but they reached out and they said, Hey, what do you think of these customs? And they sent a few pictures, and you could see he was working on like a black suit, next Netflix style Daredevil and uh, Old Man Logan, and he was in the process of doing the beard on him. And they looked, uh, they were they were good looking. They weren't like factory, straight from factory, but they didn't look like they were uh, someone's first time doing it either. It didn't look very poor. And I was like, oh, these look pretty good, man. It's really nice. You can tell that you're, you're building up a skill and pretty soon you'll be making your own figures. And then he, he stated that, uh, yeah, my dad does, doesn't allow me to get any new figures. He said I'm too old. And, and I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to be negative and be like, oh, well, that sucks. But like, oh, well, you could look at it in the way that uh, – you know, you're working on a skill and you're learning and look what you did with two figures already. and You just continue to get better. Maybe if he sees that and he sees the kind of work you're doing and just trying to be positive, but he didn't seem to want to be positive and just, uh, just, you know, he's just in a poor mood or spirit, you could say, but what do you think of that? What do you, what do you think of that whole situation? Um, I think, I, I, I mean, doing customs and things like that is brilliant. There's, so many amazing customizers out there now and um so many people that like do it for a living to be fair um which is great but uh you know i, I think banning your son from buying action figures is a little bit uh sort of extreme you don't think um, that's a good create a good relationship with your son i mean that is an incredibly negative thing to do i mean if that if that was my son I wouldn't be saying things like that. It's just, you know, no disrespect to, um, I'm sure he's listening, no, no disrespect to, to his father or anything like that. But, I mean, you know, you got to sort of let them be, let them find, let people find their own way. If my dad somebody tried to tell me to stop buying action figures, I'd be like, oh, screw you. <laughs> I'm buying figures, I don't care. Um, you actually brought up a good point. I wish I would have told him that the fact that, not only can you make any figure you want, but you can start doing things or customs for people and making head sculpts for people and selling them. And if you have enough money, you can buy the figs you want. There's genuinely money to be made out of it. Yeah. If, uh, you love what you're doing. So I, I don't, I, no, I don't think that's really fair at all to be uh, banning people from buying figures and stuff, which is just nuts to me. But yeah. What do you reckon? I, I don't think it's a good, uh, thing on the dad because i don't think that's going to do anything good for the relationship <laughs> and also uh, stifles his creativity and, and enjoyment of what he likes and people are only going to want to do what they like they'll be miserable otherwise and then um i think it is cool that he's still taking a negative something that he usually can't do and trying to create a new skill out of it that still pertains to what he loves and He's learning a new skill, which you you pointed out, and a lot of people are making a living and continue to make a living off doing customizations or different head sculpts that weren't included in mass-produced figures and things of that nature. You even 
you've gotten custom jobs done from Ranky Customs, and you've gotten capes for different figures as well. Your NECA Batman eighty nine figure, right? Yeah, I've actually got a few customs being made too at the minute, which is fun. And I, I don't get it. You don't get what? I, I just don't get it. Why, why you'd want to put someone down who's to getting into these great sort of new ideas and doing customs like it's fantastic nothing more satisfying i imagine than building your own figure especially when it comes out the way you imagine or vision yeah yeah so yeah well that's just something we're not talking because i didn't have anything too crazy we wanted to point out but that was something that popped up and that was interesting and a talking point definitely and you're never too old to buy figures never Uh, and don't stifle something that might uh, cause creativity or you might uh, look at something and think it's weird. I remember the first time I ever looked at toy photography I thought it was extremely weird or odd. Mm. And I, obviously look at me now. So yeah. don't, don't judge and especially when it comes to creativity and art. That's just how people like to work things out. Yeah. Yeah. But then Scott yes. would you like to intro the review today? Uh, the review today yeah is for an episode that is uh, a very Batman central episode and this is the first time we get to see his real sort of or one of the first times we get to see his real sort of background story and where Batman came from where Bruce Wayne became the Batman and this episode is Appointment in Crime Alley which is a fantastic fantastic episode yes it's a brilliant episode. Wait, is this one that you look forward to doing pictures for when it comes around to it? No, definitely not. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it, this one? Yeah, you know that because there's not really too too many figures for this. Uh, it's for the characters that are in this episode. Yeah. Uh, we get Roland Daggett and uh, Leslie Tompkins. And they're main characters throughout the remainder of the series, but you, we don't have figures from them yet. Maybe a Comic Con? Maybe. Who knows? Hopefully. Miracle. Not, we can definitely <laughs> check out Zulu's uh, custom of Leslie Tompkins, which is brilliant. Oh, yeah. Shout out to, yes, Zulu. I think, is it Z E L U? Z E L U. And then on the chat. Natural tag. Uh, so it's uh, Zulu Z E L U nineteen eighty four. Check him out on Instagram. Yeah, he's basically like DC Collectibles factory. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it pretty much is straight off the factory floor. So when we start in this episode, it is the twenty sixth to be produced, but it was the twelfth to make air. And like we already mentioned, we get to see the villain from the great legendary two part feet of clay. We see Roland Daggett. And he is, uh, he's got a little scheme going because not only does he want to buy some land that is not up for sale, could you say? He's, yes. <laughs> you, could, you could say that. The area where Crime Alley is and where Bruce had the devastation and life-altering event happen to make him who he is, uh, it's, it's, it's broken down. It's not the best area. You could say it is the slums. There's a lot of homeless there, a lot of homeless shelters. And Roland Daggett just sees an area that he can make money and that isn't his yet. So he's deciding that he's going to hire some people, some shady fellas that uh, are going to take money and make sure that they burn the city or burn the block at least so that it can be resold and purchased by Roland Daggett and uh, made for whatever nefarious reason or whatever product he's going to sell next it's a brilliant intro as well when you see all the the blocks exploding tower blocks exploding and it sort of zooms out and it's a it's just like a a model yeah that should make any toy photographer happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's from that moment that he employs nitro and the uh, the plot is then as you say it's set for the episode yes and then uh we see another another character that I wish had a figure, Summer Gleason. Oh, this is a great scene. And we see Bruce uh, watching her as she gives a report. 
about zoning board rejecting Daggett as we talked about his proposal to bulldoze a whole block and uh, yes he says it's a dilapidated crime alley and he can't of course because people still live there and Scott you could give the, the whole scene that you love yeah, so as you say, some Gleason's talking about um, the infamous Pot Row, which was once a flourishing new place and a, a fantastic new neighbourhood for people to live. Um, and, then, and then it sort of turned. I love how it, it does this. How it, it turns black and white at the screen, and then now it's the, it's the infamous Crime Alley. And um, you know, Bruce, well, as he's watching this scene, he's getting more and more angry. He's lifting the weights and. Um, you know, he senses that Daggett is up to something, which is the 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 good old Batman sixth sense. And he, um, and Alfred comes along, and says, "You don't want to be late for your nine o'clock appointment," and he's like, "Never once in all these years." And uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic line from Bruce. Mm. Yeah, such a great scene. It really is that I, I love that the show how Bruce's pain and, and anger towards you know, putting a downer on people on part row, which is great. Man, then where do we go from there? Okay, so after that scene, we uh, we then see Roland Daggett attending a, uh, a dinner, which is, um, I want to make sure I get this right, it's, it's a dinner to, about sort of business convention, isn't it? Um, a better business city council convention. Um and uh, while that's going on, there's a uh, a kid that jumps out in the road of, of when Batman's on his way to Crime Alley and saying, oh, you know, my mum needs help. You know, these men are trying to uh, clay people out of houses because they're going to blow them up and flatten the entire block. But Batman manages to, to stop them from kicking this woman out of her, her own house, which is just, a, it's a pretty terrifying scene in a kid, that. Heck yeah. Pretty deep for Saturday morning cartoon. They'd never get away with it now. Oh, never. Never. Um, This woman says that these corporates came a few weeks ago and told her to move out, but it's like, this is our home, and we can't move from there. And um, So we then get to see the first appearance of Leslie Tompkins after that. She's um, wondering why Batman is late while he's trying to deal with these thugs. And um, she goes off looking for him. And, you know, and the uh, the woman that's sort of in charge of the... Is it the hotel, is it, that they're at, I, I believe? Yeah, Gotham. Gotham Hotel. And um, she's like, oh, bad things happen to people in Crime Alley. And she's like, oh, I'm not afraid. You know, I've lived in Park Road for all these years. So... Um, I love that, you know, Leslie Tompkins has got that real sort of positive arrogance towards the situation. She's not afraid and she'll go out and doesn't care, which is fantastic. It's a, a prerequisite to be in the Bat family. Yeah, I was just about to say, she very much shares that in common with Bruce. Absolutely, yeah, which is brilliant. She's sort of the mother figure to, to Bruce. Mm. Yeah, it is... Uh, it is... Uh, I wish there was a character that was used a little bit more, to be honest. She pops up yeah. a few more. But yeah. She's a great character, especially in this episode. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, after that scene, we see um, Leslie walking along and she spots these torches in a house um, as she's walking past and senses something isn't quite right. So she goes in and sees that. Um, they are wiring up some explosives, which is definitely, definitely not meant to be happening. Um, she gets captured by them. Uh, and as she does, the sort of one of the explosive shell casings falls out and a tramp sees it, which is um, a pretty cool way of, you know, using someone to, to pass on some evidence. Yeah. Then, uh, then where do we go from there, Scott? Okay, so after that, the, uh, the thugs that uh, um, capture Leslie are saying that they're planning to blow up the hotel, and you know it's nothing personal; it's just business. They told these people to move out, but they didn't. 
which is uh, just absolutely outrageous thing to, to say and do. Um, but Batman senses Leslie is in danger when she doesn't meet with him. And uh, at the same time as that's happening, a man appears on a building with a hostage from Daggett Industries. It's a typical time in the, these things <laughs> when, when Batman needs to get a move on. Um, but uh, nevertheless, the situation is resolved and Batman manages to save both of them. I mean, it's a bit of a strange scene, that one. It's a bit it's yeah. sort of pointless, but <laughs> they throw it in there to make it some time. <laughs> uh, then, uh, yeah, after that, we got uh, Batman, who, like you said, he, he's got his Bruce Tingle and he's heading... <laughs> He knows that something would happen happened with Leslie. Something's up. Is there? She's never late for their meeting, and so he goes, heads to her house, sees that she's not there, and he begins, you know, maybe search around for for some clues. And she finds an old scrapbook, which happens to contain some articles and a picture talking about uh, the tragedy of how Bruce lost his parents. Mm-hmm. So he continues to look through the house and. Sees a, a bum staring through the window, and Batman confronts him, asking him like, "What's going on? What do you like? Have you seen anything?" And the uh, man ended up telling him like, "Yeah, he saw a couple guys take Leslie, and he pointed which way." So of course, Batman heads out towards her. Um, then, uh, crazy like you said, with timing. There's a <laughs> Or there happens to be a driver driving a bus who is knocked out by a <laughs> uh, security camera, and uh, the vehicle goes out of control. And Batman has no other choice but, to, of course, stop it. He is a hero, and he manages to do so. But uh, he loses the back wheels of the Batmobile, hmm. and also he lost uh, something a little bit more precious, which is time, because he has no idea <laughs> how much time he has to catch up to Leslie. And if she's even alive at this point. And also, is this the first time we see the the, the shields thing being used on the Batmobile? Yes, which which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Which any 89 fan would revel in. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah it is pretty cool how they, they do that scene. And pretty cool as well that they just see Batman leave the Batmobile there and just go on foot from there on in, which is awesome. Yeah. And then uh, from there, we have the old duo of Nitro and Crocker. They're finishing up doing what they told Daggett they would do. And Batman catches up to them and <laughs> doesn't take long before Nitro squeals and confesses everything that they're oh, doing. I love his voice casting as well. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just is perfect for his little uh, makeup and his name is just funny. It's, everything's perfect about that character. Good, good. Nitro and Crocker. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you think that uh, Daggett would get better help? He's not very good at finding henchmen. <laughs> but uh, Batman, he he's warned that their bomb's about to go off, so he has to get out of there quick. He locks them up in a van, and then he goes to the what is a condemned building, so it's already unstable to go and save Leslie. He manages to defuse the bombs that are right next to her. She warns that they're, that she he needs to get people out of the hotel, the Gotham Hotel, before that explodes, too. And then we are taken to a very proud and loving the attention Daggett as he gives a speech to uh, the zoning board about his, uh, at, while he's at Gotham Hotel and about keeping the eye out and that this is his quote, they cannot allow the underclass to hinder uh, them from building a better tomorrow. Hmm. So just saying, screw the poor people. Let us, yeah. let us make it better for us at least. Yeah. Screw the, screw the poor and help the establishment. Yeah. So, uh, as he finishes, of course, the bombs go off as they're supposed to around several buildings causing a lot of destruction. So even though, Batman is Batman. He can't do it all. We saw that he did his best to handle as much as he could in one night and even while saving many lives. 
there's still maybe some lives, but definitely some building damage as was caused. Yeah, like even in defeat, Daggett still gets a small victory, and that kind of builds up the anger that Bruce feels towards Daggett for the rest of the series. Oh yeah, and Daggett just gets in that car, but and he's a free man to go and just smiling, can't yeah. touch me. It's when he says, "Oh, you know, come to expect this from Crime Alley." Yeah, which just he gets a smugly make himself look like he was right all along too. Yeah. <laughs> so, even though there is a there is def- there is one defeat and many victories for Batman that night, he is uh he is okay. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look completely. But uh, to get to his appointment as well. Yes, we are reminded that he has an appointment, and you take that away, Scott. Yeah. So, is uh, the whole sort of point of this episode is the appointment in Crime Alley at nine o'clock, and um, he makes it there to uh, with Leslie, and um, yeah, lays some flowers on where his parents were uh, killed in Crime Alley, and the. The lines he lives, it's sort of the lines he, he leaves the episode ending with was uh, good people still live in Crime Alley, which is um, fantastic. And then we get to see the, the very moving ending shot of him and Leslie together, which is fantastic. And uh, a really sort of fantastic ending to a, a great episode. Yes, very a nice tie up to the scene where we saw him looking at the scrapbook and we got to see yeah. them. Relive almost the same exact picture, only of course now as Batman, and it's great, which uh, also sums up not only how he feels about that block, but about people in general. I'm sure people tend to think at times that humans are just horrible people in general, but you can't ever think that way, or else you'll just be a miserable human being. So (laughs) there are good people out there. And that's just a good little reminder at the end of the episode. Yeah, it is, definitely. And, uh, you know, no matter what the sort of establishment will tell you, ultimately, like you said, there is good people and there is um, genuine human beings trying to do the right thing just because they haven't been uh, blessed with the silver spoon in their mouth. They're still trying to do the right thing and we're working hard to do it. Yeah, very well put. But what uh, what do you think of uh what do you think of this episode? What do you rate it? Um, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. It's not one I look forward to, but can definitely appreciate. What do you reckon? I was gonna say just that. I was gonna say a seven out of ten, uh, just because I think the story is a little. The story is good. It makes sense, and it's just not a crazy rogue villain that we all love and you're mostly seeing nitro and the other guy just fool around but i do think the thing that saves it and makes it of course a fantastic episode is the emotional tie to the beginning and birth of Batman. yeah absolutely so even though even though it's not the strongest the writers still are the best (laughs) they still give that um, amazing feel to the episode don't they really give it a depth a minute. I mean, that ending is just fantastic. It really is. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And um, it's the first time we get to see anybody outside of the Bat family that knows who he is as well, which is really cool. Oh, that's true. Um, that's and true. Le- yeah, they introduced Leslie Tompkins perfectly. And she's also used recently in Scott's favorite TV show, Gotham on Fox. Oh, God. <laughs> Just he does not like no, but that was a, that's a good episode. What do we got on deck? Oh well, next episode's uh, next episode's fantastic, and you give a little Easter egg there, which was uh, quite nice. Which is uh, mad as a hatter. Yes, love this episode. Love it. Brilliant episode. Can't wait to uh, do the next one because I. He's such a great, great character, Mad Hatter, and yeah, really looking forward to it. Yes, one of one of my favorite characters, and if the rumors are true, we might get to see him in a live action movie soon. So, oh, excited about that! Really, I'm. Hopefully, 
hopefully this character gets the popularity he is due. Absolutely, yeah. I'm really interested to see how they use him in a live action. Well, could you imagine? We just saw Mysterio being used really properly, and it was awesome seeing all his visions and illusions. Like, could you imagine Matt Hatter? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Oh, just some of the Arkham scenes come onto the live silver screen. Really, yeah, really excited. Yeah, I'm playing. I forgot to mention it earlier. I'm playing through the Arkham games again, and I'm nearly at the Mad Hatter um, mission. I'm really excited about it because I love the Mad Hatter mission in Arkham Origins. It's brilliant. You are gonna need to do some shots from that for sure. Oh, I've got loads lined up for tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow, so I'm gonna crack on with some. Really nice. can't wait to do it. Done one today with Anarchy and gonna do a few more for sure. And um love playing through the Arkham games. Absolutely love it. Gonna go to gonna do it in chronological order this time, so that'll be fun. And I, I I told him in a message that we all get to benefit from this because it's just gonna inspire him to shoot more of those figures, especially that some figures that we'll never be able to buy because scalping prices are insane. That they are ridiculous. So the Arkham figures are so rare, some of them. It's crazy. But no, really looking forward to it. What, what have you got planned uh, for the week ahead for your page? Because you've got some great episode shots coming up and anything you think you're shooting? Um, well, first on first order of business is to make sure I get a review done for the Soap Studios figure. Uh, get, some, get some figures or get some pictures uh, for that. I'm sure it won't be hard. I'm sure I'll have some motivation. I can't wait to see your review of that, by the way. I'm really looking forward to seeing that on video. I'm going to make sure I do that after this. So. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm going to review. I have a few other figures I'm going to review since I got a lot for my birthday. Well, not a lot, but I got a few. I'm going to definitely review those. And then, of course, just uh, keep going with my shots. Let me see if I can figure out which one I got next, real quick. Because I, yeah, I really don't. I really don't look until midway through the day or towards night. <laughs> There's no way you would know, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know what I have coming up next. To be honest, I know I just started what is season two. What is considered season two? I know I have like catwalk coming up. I got. Uh, I got some. I got some good ones coming up. Oh, there we go. So I, I can look on using the Flickster app, which is a pretty awesome app. Um, so here we go. The episode you've done today is uh, House and Garden, isn't it? Yes. Which is just an absolute brilliant. And I love the shot that you did for Avatar, by the way, as well. Thank you. That was a fun one to do that, and find. That was brilliant. <laughs> I, I love love that. I like. I love when when you do episode recreations outdoors. Do you know do you know what the next episode is? No, I don't. <laughs> You're not gonna to want to hear it either. It's the terrible trio. Oh, that's probably why I've been blocking out of my head. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be <laughs> that was, that's when we talk about worst episodes, you always say the terrible trio, and I always say critters. Um, horrendous. They they are, yeah, they're uh, pretty bad. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie, they are pro- pretty bad. But then after that, you got some epic ones. You got Harley Quinnade, Time Out of Joints, Catwalk, Bane, Baby Doll, Line of the Unicorn, Showdown, Riddler's Reform. You got a solid seven to ten episodes after that. Just brilliant. So when you get over the uh, the hump, <laughs> terrible trio, mountain. Whenever you, you, you get over that, when you scale that mountain, we've got a lot of fun ones to come. Yeah, the yeah, I need to get over that. I'm really, look, I really look forward to Bane and Baby Doll a lot. Those are always fun. Yes. Baby Doll is uh, great episodes. Really is. I remember what first watching that and hating it, but actually really appreciate it now. Yeah, and then uh, I do want to announce that. There is a figure that's going to be released by a, a Instagram page called at It Went Bad, and they have a link to the website as well. And uh, they have a White Knight figure, which is a three and three quarter inch scale, and 
uh, last time they sold out and they are putting this out again. So if you want to get your hands on it and you are someone that collects that scale, it is definitely one to be got. So look forward to that. And then, of course, the Soap Studio review. And then also you have to keep an eye out for uh, Scott and uh, Lewis of At The Bat Collectors Weekend Theme, which I'm sure will be announced soon. Oh, yeah. So by the time this goes out, it'll be announced. So um, I can let you know it's going to be an Arkham Asylum theme without the Bat, at the bat Collector and myself. I'm really glad you are playing those games then. Yes. It's a, it's going to be a fun one for sure. It's a repeat theme again after the DC Icons one, but we've got a couple more that are going to be repeats after that, and we and we can't wait. We're doing sort of a repeat month, so oh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be really good fun. We're looking forward to it. And um, Arkham Asylum was one that we couldn't wait to go back and do again, but we always said we do Icons first. So yeah, we're doing Arkham Asylum next, and we can't wait. It's going to be so fun, so so fun. Perfect. About it. Finally, we get the heavy, concentrated dose of those figs. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. All right. Well, uh, we look forward to our guests later on the week. We have an idea of who we hope to have. We haven't heard if he's going to be available yet, but we will have a guest. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this. And this has been DC Figures and Collectibles. And we will speak to you soon. Goodbye. Hey, this is Tyler G of Batman Figs on Instagram, also co-host of DC Figures and Collectibles podcast. And a lot of times people ask me, where do I get my figures or what method do I prefer to go about getting my action figures? And I tell them the best, easiest way that I know of is going through BigBadToyStore.com. They usually have all the newest things in stock. They have things that you can pre-order ahead of time so you don't miss out on the opportunity of having them. They also have figures from years ago that usually tend to be at a good price and figures that are hard to find that you may need for your collection. So if you need to get a figure of any kind, any brand, then I would check BigBadToyStore.com. Big badtoystore.com go check them out today